Hello and welcome to the Future Tribe podcast. Each week we'll be talking about getting things done. We'll talk to people who've built up their businesses, pulled off amazing projects and cover everything from psychology and strategy to the tips and tricks that will help make your dream a reality. We're the podcast that's all about empowering the optimists and the go-getters. I'm your host, Jermaine Muller. You're listening to the Future Tribe podcast and this episode is just getting started. Hi guys, welcome to another episode. Um, on this week's episode, it's just myself um, and Hayden. Uh, the the main style for this uh, podcast will be alternating with guests as well as uh, sort of discussing um, different points. Um, just just sort of the the two of us. Um, so for this week, I thought uh, it'll be really interesting to talk about the Lean Canvas uh, business. Um, sort of model um, and using sort of the lean startup uh, plan. Um, Hayden, what do you know about lean startups or the uh, canvas? <laughs> Nothing, Jermaine. That's why you're here, man. Can you please explain to me what you are talking about? <laughs> yeah. So um, you've seen those chart, like SWOT analysis charts, things like that in the past where you sort of have the different boxes. Um, there was this business model canvas. Um, let me see if I can share the screen so that you can see what I'm talking about. Um, hang in there. So if you're on video, you should be able to sh- see the screen shortly. Um, that'll give you an idea of sort of what I'm talking about. Here we go. Okay. So you're seeing that nice and clear. Um, how's that looking Hayden? Yeah, it's looking good on my end. Good. All right, so you can just see the screen, no yeah. sort of top bars and stuff. Uh, I can only see you in like a little window. Okay, easy. All right, so if you're watching this, watching the video, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you won't be able to see this, but the business model canvas is a bit of a dated model, but it's designed to show you what areas you should focus on um, within your business and the lean startup canvas, the lean canvas is sort of an evolution of that. And the idea here is that it's, it's more suited for um, startups and it's more suited for um, business businesses that are starting off with smaller capital with this focus on getting results really quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. So who came up with these frameworks? Do you know? So the, yeah, the guy who came up with it, um, he's actually written a post on medium about it, which is interesting. His name's mm. Ash Moria. It's probably, I'm probably really butchering um, his, his name, but his name's Ash and um, Ash sort of talks about his objectives behind coming up with this, um, with the lean canvas. Um, but it's, it's, designed essentially to show you what you should be focusing on and what the most important parts of business are. And like I, the reason I want to talk about this is two points. Uh, So we're recording this on a Tuesday, um, but on on tomorrow um, on the Wednesday, we I'm going to UC to talk to some students about, um, about the lean startup sort of canvas. Um, Mm. So I thought it would be a nice kind of sort of, uh, precursor to that to talk to you to you about this Hayden and also obviously the podcast listeners and the other thing is that I was actually at a medical professional's uh, office yesterday let's just call them a medical professional I don't want to necessarily identify who they are um, or what <laughs> medical profession they're in um, but we are having a chat about the 
his business and um, I should have said their business. Keep it even more anonymous, oh, but that's okay. Anonymity is ruined. But, you know, his business, he's, he's got a um, nice practice. Um, I was, I was, while I was waiting in there, I thought it was, you know, really nice um, sort of an ambiance, a nice environment. He's been in business for a few years. And then um, eventually we started talking about business, the actual business. Um, and, you know, it was, it was insane sort of what he told me um, along the lines of, you know, I took a loan out for more than half a million dollars um, for, for, to start the business, you know, the fit out cost me $300,000, things like that. And mm. it made me sort of take a step back, gasp a little bit and sort of go, does, don't people, don't, don't all people start with this lean mantra? And I guess they don't. I mean, if you had to start your own business right now, Hayden, would you start lean or would you look at getting a loan? Would you take that sort of loan approach? Well, I think that's all dependent on what I was trying to get into. I mean, if I was trying to get into the e-commerce space and stuff like that, I don't think I would mm-hmm. uh, go for a <laughs> go for a big loan. But you know, this professional you're talking about, I assume they're within the medical field, which means that they probably have you know uh, the basis you know to get a good client base. I feel like you know renting out an office if you are a doctor or a dentist or a physiotherapist. I feel like there's a lot less risk associated with that to if you got out a big loan and then put it into a clothing brand. Um, yeah, it, it's a very good point you raised because funny enough, um, the banks think along the same lines as you do. So mm. as a medical professional, when you approach a bank, I mean, this guy was telling me that the bank's more than happy to give you a bunch of money. Um, yeah. They see you as very low risk. Like you were saying, they see see a huge potential to just get this massive client base and convert that into dollars and pay pay down a loan. Yeah, and I think j- just quickly with you know medical professionals and stuff like that, it is, it is an industry where there is always going to be you know a client base in mm. Canberra, especially. Um, there is a scarcity for people rendering those type of services. I don't know if you've ever tried to get in with a physio or a dentist, but they make you book like weeks in advance. So it's not surprising that um, these banks and stuff that offer capital to them are pretty willing to do so. Yeah. And it's, and it sort of puts you in this interesting position of just because you can shoot you as well, I would say. Um, Mm. I'm going to share the screen again for those, uh, again, on listening on the podcast, you won't necessarily be able to take in the full sort of um, understanding of it. But what I'm showing is the, the actual lean startup canvas or the lean canvas. And let me see if I can bring up the, um, so that's sort of the traditional, um, the traditional, canvas the traditional business model canvas for the audio listeners at home can you describe like the key components of the model yeah so if you're looking at the business model canvas the the big priorities are key partners value proposition customer segments revenue streams cost structure with small with a lesser focus on key activities key resources customer relationships and channels when you swap to the lean canvas model it sort of puts at, at the forefront customer segments, problem, unique value prop, 
cost structure, revenue streams. So it's a slight mm-hmm. tweak in in the in the two. And the real big focus and the real uh, takeaway to me um, from from the lean canvas is that it puts the problem and the unique value proposition sort of front and center. Um, mm. Because what people forget is that your problem at the end of the day is what should be driving your business. If, you, if there's yeah. no problem, there should be no business, theoretically speaking, unless yeah. you want to make your own market. But then then you wouldn't be starting lean. It's, it's sort of what a company like Uber has had to do. Uh, it's taken a lot of money. I'm not sure if they're profitable. I don't think they're profitable yet. So what, what the, that caused them to do was to invest a whole lot of money to essentially create this whole new market. And when you're trying to do that, you can't necessarily run lean. So the lean model takes the problem first till then, then sort of uh, puts the solution second because you've got to identify the problem as, as a big priority and then the unique value proposition as well. So it's really designed to focus your attention on what makes your business stand out versus any other business. Mm. So it sounds like you, you agree with this model, like the way um, it phrases or it um, frames starting a business. So would you agree that if you were, if I were to start, you know, a small business today myself, mm-hmm. that defining a problem, my unique value proposition relating to that problem and defining a customer market would be the top three steps. Completely. Starting a yeah. the, the way I see it, what you're doing is essentially saying, where there is a gap in the market, why am I better than anyone else? And mm. who would be buying this service from me? Okay. And then you can move on to the um, MVP or the minimum viable product. This is another thing that I find people don't necessarily do. So mm. do you know what a MVP is, minimum viable product? I mean, um, makes- I have a rough idea, but would you mind clarifying it just for yes. myself? So the idea there is to, with an MVP, what you're trying to do is just prove your concepts and prove your thoughts without investing um, unnecessary money into unnecessary parts of the business. So to give you an idea, uh, if you're starting a, uh, let's say you're starting actually any business, let's say you're starting an e-commerce store. Mm. The concept with an MVP is to have a rudimentary online shop, uh, a way to buy the items um, and that's sort of it. So you wouldn't, okay. so you might, you know, integrate Facebook messenger as a chat solution. Um, you might, um, maybe, you know, have a, have a logo designed. Um, but you probably won't even go that far because all you're trying to do is show that you can drive traffic to, to the e-commerce site. And okay, then, so it's a foundation to basically your overall goal. Yeah. And, you're, yeah. and, and you're sort of testing the waters. Sure, sure. Because if you want to build out a site, so on and so forth, you know, you invest a lot of time and money. Let's say you invest a hundred thousand dollars into doing everything. You know, you get the, mm-hmm. you get a postal like a postage system. You know, it's 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 all functioning. It prints out labels as the order comes through, so it's a very low touch for you. Um, mm-hmm. It all sounds fantastic, but if at the end of the day you're selling, let's say, um, what you're selling are, you know, black t-shirts for a hundred dollars and there's no market for it. No one's going to buy black t-shirts for a hundred dollars each 
with you know fifty dollars shopping uh, shipping fees. What you by doing the MVP by building out a minimum viable product and sort of following this lean canvas, what you essentially do is that you tell yourself you prove to yourself whether there is a market or no market before you sort of go all guns blazing. Now, okay, so, so this is obviously done prior to launching your brand properly. Yeah, it's it's like a soft launch. So okay. It's funny you mentioned, you know, launching your brand properly versus launching your brand sort of as a soft thing. Um, because I would argue that, you know, this proper launch would theoretically would never actually come because you can, you can grow organically with your MVP, with your minimal viable product without doing a massive launch. And then it becomes a question of, you know, when do you, like, when, when are you really launching then? You know, Um, I know businesses who started off offline completely for a year or two, then eventually um, sort of built out this client base was selling using PayPal. Um, They were offline or they were selling um, using sort of say their Facebook page or their Facebook group for for a while um, Mm. before they, had enough money in the bank to then invest into um, an actual website and into branding and things like that. Okay. So that's also sort of an approach to, to sort of a lean model. Um, Does, does that sort of make sense? Yeah. So from my understanding, it's basically not putting the cart in front of the horse. Um, That's it. Yeah. Just because I feel, and I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, a lot of people in this day and age want to, you know, be able to make money um, autonomously of either their main job or, you know, working in that system in general and Mm -hmm. sort of rush into it guns blazing and, you know, have all these informational resources available to them, but it's hard to discern which are actually useful and helpful. So yeah, this framework seems like a pretty interesting guideline. Would you say that you would have utilized this when you started future theory? Uh, It's, it's, it's funny because I would say future theory sort of happened almost as like this MVP model, the minimum viable product, um, which is more of an organic growth um, because of sort of how things happened. I'm more of a, more of a believer of sort of going out there, testing the waters, getting things done versus necessarily sticking to say a lean canvas or a business model canvas. Mm. Saying that the big benefit also with this, with the lean canvas. Um, and again, I'm, a, I'm pro lean canvas because I think, part of it is also to do with how you think. So some people are very good at thinking about the bigger problems and thinking about sort of the big picture. But then, you know, I know a few people who have got into business with a passion for, you know, let's say making handmade clothes, Mm. handmade jewelry. Um, Fantastic. You know, I'm really passionate about making handmade jewelry. I go, you know, really into it. But the, the catch is that I haven't worked out what kind of market there is, how much I've got to sell it for. I haven't really mm. thought through that. So by using the lean canvas, those people can then take it. It's, it's short. It's only one page. It doesn't require you to, you know, traditional business plans can be like five to 20, 30 pages long because it requires you to sort of look into stakeholders and do all this research. Um, so if someone was to sort of start a business now, I would say lean canvas um, is, is the way to go. Um, it, it is licensed under creative commons, I believe. So you can share it as much as you like. Um, 
it's concise and it's, it's, it's getting you to focus on the important parts. Um, it's funny because it actually doesn't put the solution as sort of a big, big area of concern. Um, yeah. Looking at the model, it's almost like something that's put in after the fact it's such a small. Um, yeah. So let me, let me share that again. Here we go. Yeah. So it, looking at it now, if you're on video, you can see what the lean canvas looks like and mm. in it, you'll see that, you know, outline outlining possible solutions for each problem is sort of a, a, an after the fact because you've got to... Yeah, it's one of the smallest segments in the model. Like for the audio listeners at home, uh, the model is this big rectangle that has obviously the different subheadings in different boxes. And the solution um, box, which you would think would be one of the biggest, is actually one of the smallest in the model. Yeah, and, and the traditional business model probably gets you to think about the solution more than anything else. But mm. ultimately, if you think about order of priority, your your unique value proposition well first of all your problem if there's no problem there's no pro there's no point having a solution so it really mm. gets you to make sure that you're solving a problem there mm. are a lot of businesses out there who don't solve a problem if that makes sense um yeah what they're instead trying to do is you know they're just trying to grow this passion or they're trying to sort of grow uh make a business out of nothing so to speak yeah yeah and i think what a lot of businesses i mean i'm not gonna act like I'm a scholar on the topic, but a lot of businesses I feel like focus too much on, you know, a solution where it's really differentiating yourself in a, you know, a saturated marketplace is all about, you know, uniquely solving the solution rather than finding a different problem or solution to uh, an established problem. Uh, but, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I mean, what, what you're essentially trying to say is that, you know, everyone, ultimately is solving a problem right yeah. and there's so many people in most in most spaces there are a lot of competitors yeah you have to then differentiate yourself because otherwise you're just part of the part of this sort of everyone which mm, yeah. um, and going back to like the uber taxi situation to sort of explain what i'm getting at is that really like the problem and solution for both of these um, you know, business models are the same. I mean, like you want to be able to go one place to another without actually having to take, you know, a mode of transport that you own. Yet the way that they go about doing it and the value proposition they give are totally different. You know, where Uber is, you know, not exchanging money physically and it's all based on an online framework optimized via mobile device. Whereas taxis exactly. is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of them requires you to talk to people over the phone, traditionally speaking, the others yep. are digital, even if you want to get a return or um, sort of argue, uh, argue a charge, um, dispute something. It's all yeah. done digitally. Uh, it's different. It's a different, you know, that's the unique value proposition. It's not really mm. a solution at the end of the day because you're still solving the same problems and your, yep. your solution still gets, gets them the same result. So um, it, I, I personally love the the lean canvas. It'll be interesting to see what the students that you see think about uh, what I have to say and think about how they think about the lean canvas. But ultimately, I think the big thing is that it gets you to focus on the important things and not get lost in sort of the passion of business, which is very easy to do. I mean, business, it's exciting. You need to be passionate about it, but you've also got to pull your head in and sort of be aware of, um, you know, the real real economics of it all and making sure that you're trying to solve a problem at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think the utility of 
you know, this model, and I'm not going to speak on your behalf, but to me, it's not really acting as, you know, a thorough plan for your business that's, you know, 20 pages long. It's more just getting you to think about, you know, parts of your business that often people who rush into, you know, starting a brand or starting a business model don't often think about. I mean, as you said, there are a million people who can be passionate about jewellery or, you know, being a dentist or whatever your chosen field is, but don't think about, you know, what is unique about you, like what yeah. customers what are makes going to special. Touch. Exactly. And I feel like this is just a nice little framework that makes you think about, about those things. things. Yeah. Because they're so important. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, that's what will make or break you, right? You can't, it, it's not really whether, whether you're solving the problem that will make or break you because everyone else is solving the problem anyway. So at, the, at, yeah. at, at a very sort of bare minimum, you need to be solving the problem. Mm. What you need to then be doing is just be doing it in a unique way that makes you stand out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I think that's, uh, that's about it for this week's, um, podcast episode. Um, again, as usual, uh, links to useful things that we've talked about in the description. Um, if you have any thoughts, any comments, um, please feel free to reach out. Um, and also, you know, check out the video on YouTube and, uh, join our Facebook group, which we're going to slowly sort of provide support, um, to people who, just want to get things done. Um, thanks for joining. And the link for all of them will uh, be in the description of this podcast. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> That's all good. Thanks, Hayden. No, not a problem, my man. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Future Drive podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to helping us. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, email us at hello at f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e. If you haven't already, become a part of the tribe on Facebook. Go to f-u-t-u-r-e-t-r-i dot b-e slash f-b and invite your friends. We're just getting started and we would love to see you there. That's it from us. I hope this episode has empowered you to keep working on bettering your future. It's a pleasure to have you as part of the tribe. See you next time.